Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today we have Trinity Stevens with us. Hello, Trinity. Welcome to the show. Hi, so happy to be here. We are thrilled to have you. Can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay. Um, well, like you said, my name is Trinity Stevens. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in Spring, or in Ohio called Springfield. Um, I am the only girl out of four children. So I have three brothers. I have an older brother and two younger brothers. Uh, and I grew up in a two-parent household, which I'm very fortunate to, you know, live in and, you know, come up in. Because uh, I fully believe that if it wasn't for my father and mother, I would definitely would not be where I'm at today. Um, I have, I'm also a birth worker, so I'm a birth doula and a student midwife. I've been a birth worker for almost four years. It'll be four years in June. Um, and it's just been a beautiful journey. I mean, I've been interested in birth since I was a little kid, uh, because my younger brother, uh, because I have two younger brothers, I got to witness my mom coming home postpartum, uh, from the hospital. She had a C-section with my younger brother. And, um, I feel like we're all five years apart as well. So I was five when she came home. And so, um, when I saw my mom and all this pain and, you know, I love my mom. I was a mommy's girl. And uh, I saw her in all this pain, and I just wondered, like, hey, what was going on? Like, what's going on, Mom? Of course, you know. And she just told me what they did. They had to cut Mommy open to get Taylor out. And then she showed me the staples that they put on her incision. And I was so devastated for my mom. I was like, why would they do that to you? (laughs) And and so I feel like then, at that age, I was kind of really curious on why they had to cut my mom open and, you know, but I was also really intrigued with my baby brother. I always wanted to hold him. I always wanted to take him everywhere with me. Like I was just in love with that little boy. And so as I got older, I grew up with my cousins, family, friends. I was always the babysitter. I was nicknamed Mama Trin from the age of like 10 to and up. Like Mama Trin was my name. Uh, and so I was just, I just always have loved children and especially mothers. Like that's just always been my thing. Um, by the time I turned 14, I have an aunt named Rhonda Fellows who lives in Minnesota. Uh, I traveled to, I traveled there for the summer and I got to attend two births and a practice birth, but what was like prodromal labor. Um, and those moments changed my life. I feel like it was such a beautiful opportunity to see and witness. Um, And so when I came back home, I became a birth doula. I got, you know, I went to all the classes and trainings and all that. And uh, I've been a doula since. (laughs) I love it. And uh, yeah. Yes. So I feel like that's my, that's the background. My father and mother have been very, uh, were very adamant on me and my siblings getting like trades, you know, because in Ohio, there's like famous basketball players, famous musicians, but there's no uh, electrician or carpenter or, you know, there's there's nothing. Uh, there were no people who were looked at, uh, but like in a high esteem, such as the musicians and the basketball players. So it was like my father's like, ah, let's reroute that. Let's not get you guys into any debt. Let's go get trades. Let's put you in school. Hi. <laughs> and so uh 
that's kind of also where the uh, trading process came in. Like, oh, doula, being a doula is a trade. Like, I can do that. I love children. I love mothers. Why not? And uh, yeah, I feel like that's where it all started. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's your you sharing how you were called to this work is a true testament of when we allow kids at a young age be a part of of birth of that of if it's normal is what I'm looking for but of its natural sequence in our lives um right when we allow younger children to ask questions to be a part of the process it's it builds up rather than fear this curiosity um about what is this magical thing that brings me a sibling what is this process um, when, when we embed them in that, um, it can allow for this this calling into the work. Um, or it can just also allow there not to be this fear-based um, um, introduction into this this natural process of, of, of bringing life, right? Um, so just hearing you, you know, at five and then at 14, being able to actually go and, and see some other births is just... I just love that. Um, I really, really do love that. <laughs> yeah, it warms my heart. Yeah, it warms my heart every time. Because, like when I'm at home births with uh, families that like that like allow their children into the room, they're just like, I mean, it's part of birth. It's like, why not? I don't want to implement that fear into my child that um, giving birth is this scary thing. I mean, it can be, don't get me wrong for certain people, certain groups of people and in certain cultures and dynamics, it can be. But for the most part, if we begin to normalize birth and we begin to say like, yeah, this is hard. It's difficult. Like it pushing, ain't, pushing is like pushing for, ain't for chumps. It's like, it's hard thing or getting a baby out in general, isn't for chumps. Like it's really not. Um, it's a strong, beautiful, powerful thing that people have to do to get their babies out. Um, I think when we begin to normalize that amongst our children, there's not this fear. You know, I've heard many stories of, um, women, whether it be through social media or in person saying like, I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to, like, it just scares me the thought or the idea of giving birth. And so, um, my biggest goal in that, like with being so young is to also implement like, yeah, this is going to be hard, but it's a beautiful process. You're going to overcome it. It's going to be this beautiful, magnificent thing to the point where at the end, you're going to pat yourself on the back and be like, I did that. You know, no matter, no matter which way you give birth, whether it's a C-section or vaginal, it's like, I did that. And uh, kudos to you. <laughs> beautiful for you. So I'm, I love that portion, especially when children are in the room. It's like, we're normalizing it because it should be normalized. It should, it shouldn't be the scary thing. And I do want to preface for some of our listeners that, you know, we've talked about this before too. There's also prep in that, right? Like we're not just going to be throwing children yes. just out here, but there's prep and conversation about yes. like, this is what you might hear. This is what you might see. This yes. is what things might come up or, or, um, how things may feel and also giving the, the, them the autonomy and the ability to advocate for themselves of like, yeah, I don't want to be a part of this part or um, yeah. Also understanding that our children Absolutely. have the power to say yes or no in those cases. Like we talked about that, but if day of that no longer feels like something you want to do, here's your support person, right? Um, that all too yep. requires prep and intentionality to make sure that they can be curious in that process. Um, 
so yeah, I, I really do think Absolutely. you sharing your call to the work is just a great testament to when we allow children to be a part of the process. But yeah. And honest, my mom was very, like, she's a very honest woman. She doesn't, she sugarcoats some things, but for the most part, when it comes to things that we're actually like curious about, my mom did, didn't sugarcoat anything. She was just like, you want to know, here's the information, you know? So I was very thankful for that too. My mom didn't, she never, um, she didn't lie to us. Like she was just like, yeah, they had to cut me open and get Taylor out. You know, there were some issues and complications, but you know, that was the safest way to get Taylor out. And so I was very thankful for that. It wasn't something. Yeah. I'm just very thankful for my mom for being so honest with us. (laughs) It helped me out a lot. So you told us how you got here. Um, what support do you offer? So you're on two paths. We'll get to the second part first, but as, um, as doula support, what are you providing to families? Um, what does your support look like? So, uh, I provide informational, physical, and emotional support, uh, as a birth doula, uh, informational is just, I'm big on, I feel like information is, um, I don't think people really realize that when you have information and the knowledge and the tools, you can, you have so much power in your hands. And I just feel like that is so key when we're talking about one of the biggest moments of your life. Like bringing a child into the world is probably like one of the biggest moments in your life. Um, so information is very key to me. Uh, whether even if like I can't give parents answers, honey, I'll research it that night or that second and, you know, try and get a grasp or understanding of what they're, you know, telling me about. And I'll even refer them to somebody that that's that's actually um, more not like has more knowledge on the issue than myself. Uh, I don't sugarcoat with my clients. I'm like, if I don't know something, I'll either research it really, really well and then give you resources or I'll give you resources to somebody that knows exactly what you may need. Um, so knowledge, I do childbirth education classes. I uh, do um, breastfeeding classes with my clients. I don't provide this to everybody. It's just with my clients for now. Um, and just informational information. I'm big on that. Like that's huge. Uh, as for emotional support, I'm really just there for my clients um, whether if it's even like a phone call, like if they want to get on a phone call really quick to just really hash it out, whatever they're feeling. I'm like, okay, I'll be a listening ear to you. Cause I think in our society, sometimes women or families can be neglected in that instance. It's like, um, Oh girl, those are just emotions. You're pregnant. Like that, that ain't nothing. Like, I'm like, no, these feelings are most likely valid. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let her just hash it out. Let her talk it through. Um, and allow that person, myself or whoever she feels more comfortable with to just be that listening ear for her, uh, or that family, um, emotional and then physical. I mean, I think that's pretty calm. I think that's what all birth doulas are here to do is the physical portion. (laughs) Um, whether that be getting mom in a different position, you know, suggesting certain movements for her to do, uh, prenatally and then even, during labor and then probably even postpartum very little movements postpartum but um i'm here to give off suggestions on what she should do or what she can't do um to help either like rotate a baby or just make sure that she's able to sleep comfortably um things like that i feel like uh that's my that's my thing 
that's what I provide for pregnant families. Had the calling, you started the doula work, and now you're currently on a new journey within the work, becoming a midwife. How did that unfold? (laughs) Okay, so when uh, I returned home from Minnesota and I became a birth doula, uh, I had a huge, I had an issue because COVID happened. So everything was on lockdown. So there was really no way that I could get clients. Um, But I did have, I had a few, but they were all giving birth in the hospital. And I couldn't serve in the hospital uh, because of age restrictions. Um, I'm 17, by the way. I was 16 when I started, though. So I couldn't be in the hospitals due to age restrictions. And uh, I didn't want to cross that boundary of like, ooh, what if I go in? But they asked me for my card and I give them and they're like, you can't be here. And I feel like that would have been way more disruptive to that mom's birth than if I just, you know, stayed back and was like, I'm so sorry. And I didn't even know of this until the day of that the mom was giving birth. Like I had no clue and it broke my heart because I, I tell you, I was prepared. I had my bag packed. I had my clothes on. I was ready to leave. And then the father called me and said, hey, I told him your age. And they said, you can't come in. And I was like, <laughs> not being carded for like, birth, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was so devastating. It broke my heart. So I had to improvise. And I was like, we're just going to do virtual. We're just going to do virtual. And I know that's not what that mom signed up for. And it just broke my heart for But it broke my heart, too, because I was like, I can't be there for you, but I'm going to do my best to be there for you virtually. So me and that dad was on FaceTime while she was pushing that baby out. And I was, you know how, like, you can text on the screen? Like, you can now, like, add, you can put text on. I was, like, texting on the screen, so I wasn't being vocal. And I was telling, make sure you're telling her she's doing good. Make sure you offer her some water. Make sure you're, you know, just getting that oxytocin going because she's pushing out a baby. I'm like, just be there for her. And so she had a vaginal birth, which is beautiful. Yay. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was my first experience. That was my first ever doula client and it had to be virtual. And um, due to COVID, there wasn't a lot of people looking for doulas, mainly just due to the simple fact of age, well, not age restriction, but um, the restriction of how many people you could have in a room. So it would be the client, their partner, and maybe that client's mom or, you know, whoever best friend that they wanted. They didn't really want to intermingle or like bring another person in. It was kind of like that resistance to it. Um, So for a while, I had gone so long without a birth. It was it was really, really long. And I talked to my aunt Rhonda and she was like, maybe you should get in contact with some home birth midwives in your community and see if they'll allow you to attend a birth with them. She was like, I know it's a far stretch, but maybe that can be something that you can, you know, get in contact with a midwife about and even offer them your service for, you know, pregnant families to get in contact with you. And so um, I did that and I contacted so many midwives. I mean, it was a lot. I even talked to a, a husband of a midwife before because he answered her phone and then he and I just had a conversation. And so it was like, I was just, you know, wanting the resource. I wanted the community. And so during my time, I was still looking for, you know, midwives in the community. I attended Rice State University and I wrote endless of papers on the black maternal mortality and, you know, the infant rate, the death infant rate for black families. And so, or black babies. And one of the solutions, and I wrote solutions to these issues that we saw in our, in our, you know, in our 
what's the word I'm looking for in our society. And the biggest one was women need or yeah, black females need to look at black female providers and feel safe with those people. Like there needs to be, um, there needs to be, what's that word? Like there just needs to be a connection. And, um, that was like the number one resolution. Like it was like, oh, well then I should probably go be an OB then. Cause I want to, I want to help resolve this uh, issue. I want to, I want to be that safe haven for a lot of black moms and black families. And so, um, I was like, Oh, I'll just go be an OB. Like that makes the most sense. So I was thinking my freshman year in uh, college, uh, in high school as a freshman in college, cause I was taking CCP courses. Uh, I was like, Oh, I'll just be an OB. And then when I got in contact with a midwife, uh, Emily Schultz, she's a midwife in Yellow Springs. Uh, she reached back out to me within that day and said, Hey, like, this is really interesting. I'd love to meet with you. Um, here's some, here's, you know, just schedule a day on my calendar. And I met with her not too long afterwards. And she allowed me to come to a birth after I met with her. And then like a few days later, she allowed me to come to a birth with her. And, uh, I always tell people like, oh, my life was forever changed after I saw that first birth. There was so much peace, so much calmness. There was never lack of support in any way, shape or form. It was like this woman really wanted to see this other woman succeed. And it was just, it was a beautiful, uh, it was just something I was so happy to attend and very fortunate because it's very strange for a midwife to just let you, not strange, but it's not like a, it's not like a known thing to happen. But that's why I'm like very fortunate for all the things that, you know, this person, Emily has done for me. Cause it was like, she really took a, she took a limb out for me. She was like, sure. <laughs> and, uh, by my sixth birth, um, I knew I wanted to be a midwife. I, it was a very complicated birth. Uh, mom had, baby had a significant shoulder dystocia that, you know, thankfully ended well. Everybody was safe, happy, fine, very happy with how her birth came out, um, but uh, it was definitely one of those births where it was like, oh, okay, like here's the, you have the ups of midwifery where it's like, oh, nothing needs to be done. Like, you know, you know, we don't really need to do much, but then you have the other side of midwifery, but it's like, you better know what you're doing <laughs> when you're needed. So it was like, I definitely, I'm happy that I got to see both sides of midwifery and I was able to make a decision like, yep, I still want to do this. Yes, I still want to help pregnant families. Yes, I still want to be that safe haven for black families. And uh, I'm willing to do the hard work for those families. So, um, yeah, I think that that by my sixth home birth, I was like, I'm going to be a midwife. You know, it's Danny been real quiet about you, Trinity. Um, <laughs> she been real quiet about you. No, I'm joking. Um, no, but she was like, yes, we, we got to get her so on funny. the show. But like hearing you share about your aunt Rhonda, who she also been quiet about. I got questions. Um, is a true testament to your lineage and your shared lineage of, of this work and this calling to this work. And, you know, we, we make, we, we joke about it within the birth community um, about how many of us are called to this. And it just feels like in our bones and, and a part of who we are, but you sharing again, your, um, your journey, you sharing about your family's um, work, that connection, knowing Danny, um, just about, it, it really kind of makes it full circle of just 
the fibers of this work that resonate, right? Like there's no way of escaping um, this calling and this, um... okay. We got Aunt Rhonda, Aunt in Seattle that is a doula and a midwifery student, Aunt Joyce, which is your cousin. Okay, Danny, I'm gonna need you to make a chart. Um, I want to see y'all's chart. <laughs> we need a uh, <laughs> a support chart to go along with this episode, so people can really see um, how this is just layered in so many ways. But I just, you know, so there's there, there's that. Um, and then thinking, thinking about, you know, there are some families who can be hesitant though, about like about age or, um, some, some families will ask about like, okay, what's your experience in supporting and, um, or have you had children before? So are you able to support? And there's just so much about this work that yes, those can be, all of those things are, are valid questions, right? And having, having those things can be extra tools in your toolbox, but there's so much about this work that that's not even required to be able to do it. It's really understanding the families that you're working with, understanding the sacredness of this experience, understanding the art of this experience. Like you said, um, you know, OBGYN is its own art. Midwifery is its own art. And I think the beautiful thing about midwifery and especially with home birth midwifery is you really do get to see the undisturbed physiological process of birth. Right. So you really get to see what it looks like when we're hands off, when we just allow body and baby to do what it does and step in when needed. Um, But then, of course, you have that training and those skills so that when your presence is needed, you're able to do that. But there's so much to be able to see of what you see so much more of the spectrum, right, of that natural process. And there's there's an art to that. Um, And I think. I just think it's cool that you that you explored all of it and you're like, yeah, no, I want to be where I want I want this side. <laughs> and what's funny is is that was uh doing my studies in right state, uh I did a lot of research on how traditionally women gave birth at home. And I realized I as an OB, I don't think I'd feel like a safe provider if I had never seen an undisturbed birth. Cause I mean, so many times you hear so many stories of OBs just whether it be an induction or like an unnecessary induction or unnecessary pit, anything of that nature. It's like, okay, these are all disturbances that, you know, most probably aren't needed if it's unnecessary. Like they're not needed if it's unnecessary. So I was just like, I think I would feel like a very much safe provider if I just saw how home birth was because it that makes the most sense. It's like, I don't know that that's just how my brain worked. I was like, that doesn't make sense for me to just, you know, come and be like, Hey, you're going to have a natural birth and have no clue what all that entails. If that makes sense or like what it traditionally entailed. So I was like, "Mm." and then that's, that also like my aunt was like, well, maybe you should look for some midwives. I was like, I'll take you up on that offer. Definitely. So yeah, totally. I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And I think that's a, that's such a great approach to take of like, what type of provider do I want to be and how do I want to show up? Um, is I think a question that we all should ask, not even as providers, as, as birth workers, as support, like, how do I want to show up for the families that I'm supporting? And what does that require of me to be able to do that? Um, and again, you know, we, absolutely both practices are needed 
for for what they what for what they do, um, right? And we talk about it here that there are some people who hospital is what their experience needs, right? Um, but we can still honor what process yeah. or what how they want that to look. Um, and and home birth makes sense for others, and just being able to have those options um, is important. But yeah, how do you want to show up? as a support person, as a provider, and what does that require of you to do so? Come on, Trinity. I'm all excited. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for your chart. I'm putting that, Danny, that's your homework. You got homework, Danny. (laughs) You know what's funny? We have a lot of family. I mean, some of the family members I didn't even know about until I became a doula. I was like, wait, what? I have a cousin named Danielle Jackson as a doula? What? And it and I mean, like, I knew I had a cousin named Danny, I mean, Danielle, but it was like, I didn't know that that cousin was a doula. And so it's like, you really don't know much until, like, it's funny, like, I didn't know much until I became a birth worker. I was like, oh, I have so many, fa- I have so much family that is in this field. And it's like a, ri- and it's honestly a blessing because it's like, I, I don't know, I just feel like that's just such, it's a blessing to be a part of this field because I feel like this is one thing that I'm that'll never stop like there always needs to be a birth worker amongst you so it it just makes it warms my heart whenever I see my family and people in general uh being called because it's like we need more people especially people that look like us I'm like do it I'm in love with it it's definitely um I think this work is one of those things where you you try not to um take up too much space unless it's necessary. So it's like one, it's not quiet. It's not quiet work for sure. But like, you know, you're always like, you don't want to show up every time mm-hmm. you see someone who's pregnant or someone's trying to expand their family's like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a doula. If you need one, I'm a, you know, <laughs> no, we don't, we don't yes. try to try to do that. So it is, it does sometimes feel like quiet work because um, we're not always very vocal about it. Right. Um, and also for for um, for our elders, there wasn't always a name for it either, right? There was just always the aunt or um, that person who just was always out of birth or showed up or, um, yep. you know, like you, you said, your family used to call you Mama Trin. Like there wasn't this, they are a doula. They are the midwife, right? There wasn't this very boxed in label for the work that was being done. Because this work has, birth has yes. always happens, birth will continue to happen. Um, and like Danny said, when when you do hear these names come up, when you do get um, able to have that history, it is a confirmation to like, yes, this makes sense for me. This, this, this confirms yeah. that this is the work that I'm supposed <clears throat> to be doing. Um, this feels right. So, okay, y'all. I see y'all. So where are you? I it it sounds like you were in the beginning process of your midwifery journey, but can you break that down for us a little bit of where you are in that process, what's yet to come, um, and then how families can find you, work with you, get your support. Okay, so um in regards to midwifery, are you asking me in regards to Give it to us all. Services? I want the people to get the doula trend. I want the people to get the student midwife trend. I want them to get you. <laughs> all of it. Okay. Okay. So um, in regards to midwifery, uh, I'm still in the very early stages. I'm not yet graduated high school. So I unfortunately could not receive 
any uh, sign-offs. I couldn't get any sign-offs, so this is all just kind of like experience, which I'm more than happy to do. I'm like, yeah, like, I don't care if I don't get sign-offs. I just want experience. I want the, I don't know, it just doesn't bother me. I, I don't mind it. I've attended a hundred and five births, home births. And it doesn't bother me. <laughs> and I say that with 105 like, home births, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. 105 home births and 106 babies because we had three sets of twins. And um, I have four clients. Give my girl her sign offs. Who I got to talk to about this process? <laughs> but I'm fine I know with you that. you're fine, but your auntie Laurel is not fine. That. I want you to have your sign offs. <laughs> What's the problem? Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> I tell you that not to say like, oh yeah, send it. I'm telling you that to say like I I'm okay with working hard. I don't I don't mind I don't mind it. I'd rather be forty five and know what I'm doing than seventeen and have no clue. Cause at the end of the day, these are families and babies' lives that are in our hands to a certain extent. Like this is like I don't wanna play with that. I'm cool. I don't I want to make sure I know what I'm doing and I feel efficient in what I'm doing uh, before I'm just like, hey, I'm taking clients. Come on in. No, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, so because I haven't yet graduated and I don't have my diploma, um, none of my sign offs count. And, I, you know, I can't attend any college. So as of now, I'm just kind of still just getting the experience, taking certain classes that will benefit me, you know, when I do go to college and start. Uh, but. Right now, I'm kind of like, I'm just like an experiencer that, you know, supports families and holds space for them. Uh, I consider myself a student midwife. Um, And then by the time I graduate and get my diploma, I have plans on uh, attending school in the summer. That way I can get like my general education done with. And uh, by the time my clinics start to come, uh, I'll just have, you know, preceptor, I'll, you know, travel and find preceptors um and then that's when all my sign-offs will count (laughs) so i'm excited for my journey Uh, i'm still very early but have a lot of experience but i'm early but i'm fine with it i don't mind it at all and in regards to doula work because i'm going to be starting college really soon my client my doula clientele won't be as much uh, just because I want to be able to focus and study, like get my study down and, you know, not have to really worry about anything else other than my studies. So as of 2023, I'll be available. <clears throat> I won't be available uh, the end of May. I won't be available in July, November, in November. But any other month, I'm available to take clients as of 2023. Um, it might adjust depending on how my school schedule will go. Cause they haven't sent that, sent it to us just yet. But, um, <clears throat> as of now, that's how my schedule looks for doula clients. Um, and I'm so excited. I really am. I think it'll all turn out really well. And, uh, yeah. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> We are so proud of you. I think um, I'm I'm glad that you are firm and where you sit in your experience and your journey. 
Um, but no, I'm still calling somebody about these sign offs. <laughs> you working you working hard, boo. You you are working hard. But um <laughs> you know what's funny? I could have graduated I was given the opportunity to graduate early and then get my sign offs. Um but I didn't feel comfortable in that. I was like, no, I don't want to rush the process. I'm just not a rush the process kind of kid. It goes like, back to what you said. Of like, how do you want to show up for your families? And if this is the process, then this is the process. And that that's, that's, um, that's being true to you. And that's the most important part of this work is being true to you. And how do you want to show up? So yes, if this is your process and you are in your process and you feel secure in it and you feel that it is, fully who you are and how you want to show up. And I, I think you're doing an amazing job. Um, yes. Thank you. So is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with um, resources, advice, anything else from your journey that you want to leave them with? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I think, I mean, if you do have younger listeners or even parents that have younger children, uh, I think one of the best advices or the best things that my parents could have done for me was uh, giving me that option to uh, explore what I really wanted to do in life. Or even they saw that when I was younger and they realized like, hey, maybe we should invest in that. Maybe we should uh, help her get community resources um, and just explore her options. So I feel like and, you know, they're adults. They do what they please with their children. But I think as a teenager now. I feel really grateful uh, for my parents for giving me that that um, that opportunity because I feel every time when people ask me, I'm like, I really couldn't have done this without my parents. If my parents didn't invest in me the way that they did or, you know, allow me to even go into a totally different state, you know, for a summer, I feel like if it wasn't for that, I don't think I'd be where I'm at today. So um, I highly suggest investing in your children. And then also teaching your children discipline, like, um, you know, really implementing like, hey, you really got to be disciplined in order to do what you really want to do in life. Like as much as we'd like to just be like, oh, it'll just happen when it happens. Um, I'm a firm believer in faith without works is dead. So if you're not putting in the work and the time and the effort to do what you really want to do in life, uh, it it won't be what you expected it to be. So um, that would be my advice and not and don't allow other people's expectations affect you and your life. Um, so though I was dang it, how old was I when I started, though I was 15 when I started birth, like becoming a doula, I was 15 when I was a doula. Um, and there were so many heels and so many points where I was just like, maybe I should just stop. Nothing's happening. Um, thankfully, I had people who saw that this was this this field was meant for me. My parents said, no, just keep going. You, it'll come. Just keep working. Keep having faith and keep working. Um, it'll it'll fall. It'll it'll all play out how you want it to be. So um, I think that would be my biggest advice to those listening. Uh, invest and do the work. That's great advice. Um, and especially for like, <laughs> no, it is. And especially um, I think if we do have any. um younger listeners who are in the early stages of, of, of feeling led to this work, having your perspective is going to be wonderful. Um, it's an, a perspective we haven't had. When you do eventually become, when you do come into the birth field for those who are younger, um, it's something that I, I mean, I feel like I, 
like I was okay. Like I'm very thankful that I did have an aunt that was like, Hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. You need to make sure that if the room is quiet, you're quiet. Like I had like very, I had a structure on how to come to a birth. I think, um, especially for people who are young coming in, uh, or desire to come in at a young age, my biggest advice to them would be, be very humble and be okay with correction. Um, be okay with like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that and be like, okay, yep. I'll work on it next time. You got it. It won't happen again. Um, just being very humble and being okay with correction would also be my advice for those younger wanting to come in because this isn't something we're taught. Like this isn't, this isn't that norm. This isn't that, you know, we were brought into the room with them, with the parent, you know, giving birth. It was, it's just like, you kind of have to live it. You have to learn as you live. And with learning as you live, there's correction and just take that correction and do better at the next birth or do better with the next client. So also being okay with that would be my suggestion as well. That, and that's for older and younger. I was too. just it about ranges. to say like it, this work requires <laughs> you to be humble and you have to leave your ego at the door and you have to be open exactly. to knowing it's not about you. It's never about you. And that might mean getting correction from someone who an elder from someone who's been in who is have has already supported this family it could be the family itself um but that yes you do have to you mm-hmm. have to be humble about this work and you have to drop your ego um and you have to be open to learning and i think especially as as those of us who have been in the work um and who who might be um wanting to give uh support to those who have been called to this work, we have to be open to sharing, right? It's, it's, it takes community to do this and we have to be able to sit in community with each other. It's, it's a, it's a push and a pull. So all of that hits, not even just for the youngest, it hits for everybody um, in this work that it it takes, it takes community to be able to do it. So thank you for sharing your journey today. Thank you for sharing the gems that you have today. Thank you for this perspective of, of work, um, from your standpoint, we are, we are grateful and proud. Um, and, and as you move through this work, um, let us know how we can support, let the, so we can let the BSIC community know how they can support you on this journey. Um, but yeah, we are incredibly, incredibly proud of you. So thank you. Thank you. I really, thank you for having me. This was so Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.